It is the Martha Zoller Show, and I am here with Rod Huey. Oh, loving it. Having Always. a wonderful day. And Becky Martin is here with me today. Good morning, Martha and Rod. Glad to be here. Good so, morning. So, Becky Martin, we've known each other a long time, and you have had a lot happen in your life, uh, and you are, uh, I want you to tell your story about Knox and then about the foundation that we're going to talk about today. Thank you. Um in September of 2017, Knox, our oldest um, child and our beloved son, uh, was diagnosed with an aggressive form of brain cancer. And despite a three-year battle that included two craniotomies, two rounds of chemotherapy, radiation, multiple setbacks, and speed bumps, Knox continued to live life to the fullest. Such an inspiration for all of those that were journeying through this with him. He worked, he traveled, he gave back, he was involved in his community, and he just really taught us what it's like to seize the moment and to love everyone around you at that time. What was devastating for us to find out, Martha, is that despite being in the scientific literature since the 1920s, there are only four FDA-approved drugs and devices for glioblastoma which is the most aggressive and the deadliest form of brain cancer. So very few research studies are conducted on this type of brain tumor because the outcomes are so poor. And yet I was telling Rod earlier, the outcomes remain so poor because very few research studies are conducted. So we formed this foundation, the Knox Martin Foundation for Brain Cancer Research, about four months after Knox's passing, which was in December of 2020. And our entire mission and goal is to fund innovative research on aggressive brain cancers, the kind that nobody really wants to touch, as I mentioned, because the outcomes are so poor. And our vision is a world where a GBM diagnosis is treatable and curable. And we're delighted that we partnered with Duke University, their brain tumor center, and to break that infinite loop of of non-research and underfunded studies. You know, November is Lung Cancer Awareness Month. And, um, for a long time, cancer was in, uh, lung cancer was in that particular uh, world also because they weren't doing any, they figured, oh, well, you smoked, you gave it to yourself, and so why should we do research on how to treat it? And one of the things that I've been committed to, I've lost three members of my family to lung cancer. And, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, we've got to do more research, and that's one of those areas, too, where they weren't doing enough research. And they are doing it now, and now they have early screenings, they've got better drugs, that kind of thing. And that's what you want to have. And just for people to know, Knox was, what, 21 when he was diagnosed? That's correct, and 24, and 24 when he passed. 24 when he passed. In December of 2020, folks, you know, when people, the world was in a weird place, and you were dealing with all the limitations that came along with having access to Knox, as well as all of that other stuff. You're exactly right. Um, the day that Knox passed, and Knox always rallied, you know, so like I said, he had had multiple setbacks, you know, before, but always rallied. The day that he passed, um, I knew something was amiss when the doctor on call said, you can bring your husband up now. And I was like, okay, that's not boding well in the world of COVID-19 when there's one visitor per patient in the room. However, I was grateful that by December, there was allowed one visitor in the room. I had been told by patients and their families just a few months earlier, they couldn't even go in. 
Absolutely. So you got to be grateful for the opportunities that you have, even though it's not what you want. But yes, we were dealing with COVID-19 and the world shutting down and all of that. But I'll tell you what was so interesting. When COVID-19 hit and the world did kind of shut down, it wasn't as big of an adjustment for us as I think it was for others. And I say that with the utmost respect. I'm glad that others weren't experiencing what we were experiencing. It's because our world had already gotten really small. And we had already had to kind of really focus in what was important to us mentally and spiritually. And so a lot of those other things just went by the wayside. Wow. Just listening to you, I I hear the strength in your voice. Mm -hmm. And I can only imagine the strength it took at that very moment, realizing, okay, this is where we are. This is what we're dealing with in the world, but this is what we're dealing with in our world. I mean... You have to have something that you stood on that was so much stronger than what we can imagine. I did, and it's it's my faith. Um, you know, I God has taught me so many things and continues to walk with me. He's just so faithful. You know, I um, this is Knox's story, and, and, and this foundation is helping um, honor Knox's legacy and helping those that are currently fighting. Um, this is also God's story. You know, our God is a God of redemption. And and he redeems things when we give it over to him. And the very first day that uh, Knox was diagnosed, we gathered as a family and we prayed and we we asked that this cup pass from Knox, um, if that was God's will. And, and we asked God to protect our hearts and to keep us dispensers of grace because we knew that the the tendency to become withdrawn and to become bitter and angry would be overwhelming. Well, and you see that in families that deal with what you had to deal with over and over and over again. So so you have such a gift to give, not only, and I know you don't want to carry that, you know, that halo on your, on your head, you know what I mean? But right. you have such a gift to give because you probably see it in your, in your congregation. When you have, when you lose a child, many times the families fall apart. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And you guys have found this strength to be able to go forward. And, you know, it's it's hard to share it. You know, I remember reading Barbara Bush's um, biography back in 1990-whatever when it came out. And it was the first time she had ever publicly talked about losing her daughter to leukemia in the 50s. Because back then, you just had the funeral, nobody came, and you didn't talk about them anymore. Because it was just too hard for people to hear you know, and, and I was like, wow, you know, this explains so much that they had this in this family, but it was such a gift that she finally did talk about it. How many parents in her age group saw her talk about it and finally had somewhere to go? So true. You know, there's, there's healing in the conversation. There's healing in the talking. And I understand that tendency to want to hold back and maybe not share everything because in a, in a strange way, you feel like you could be disrespectful to your child that has passed. On the same token, I know how open and transparent uh, Knox was. And so there's that balance between wanting people to understand the this devastating disease and why their investment makes such an impact on those currently fighting and then also bringing it in at a, at a time where you're um, respecting again that that beloved family member so it's it's an interesting mix and you just have to walk through each door 
as it's presented to you and as it's opened and just take that gut check and, and see where you are spiritually. Now, is this, if this is aggressive, is it mostly younger people that, that present with this? Actually, GBM is the most common brain tumor and the average age is in the 60-65 range. What is interesting to me, and I would like to see some longitudinal studies on this, is that I'm aware of multiple 20 and 30 year olds that have had a GBM diagnosis and most of whom um, sadly have passed, some who are currently fighting. Well, and unfortunately with cancer, the younger you are, the more aggressive it is because your cell production is faster when you're younger. That's right. And so, uh, you know, my husband used to say, not to be funny, but you know how doctors have dark humor sometimes, you know, where it's not exactly funny, but it's funny to them. But he said, if you live long enough, you're going to get breast cancer, but you're not going to die from it. If you live long enough, you might get prostate cancer, but you're not going to die from it because your cells aren't multiplying as fast That's right. when you're older. So it's not an issue. Uh, my 98-year-old uncle just passed. He had bladder cancer. He was diagnosed with right before he passed, but that's not what killed him. He was 98 years old and he had lived an amazing life and it was a celebration because of that. But um, it should be a celebration, though, as hard as it is, no matter what. Because if we believe what we believe, then whether you have 40 more years on this planet or five more years on this planet, we're all going to the same place if you believe what we believe. And it's a blink of an eye compared to eternity. Amen. Um, the first thing that came out of my husband, Eddie, and, and my mouth when the doctors told us um, that Knox's body was shutting down and, and we needed to make some decisions. Um, of course, we immediately started crying, and then we both just hugged each other and said, we were so blessed to have 24 years with him. You know, some parents lose their child in the womb. Some parents lose their child as an infant. Some lose them as a toddler. So the fact that we had 24 years wasn't nearly enough. No, not, not for what our heart desired, but are we blessed that we had it? You better believe it. And Knox made the most of that time. So in honoring him, we make the most of his life. Well, this is a unbelievable story. And look, I know, like I said, you don't want to wear the halo on your head on this, but you want people to know and you want to say, okay, how can we make sure this doesn't happen? I had a lovely friend uh, when I was a, in my other life, I was a buyer at Riches and um, I was the accessory buyer. And our number one uh, vendor was a company called Riviera, which every little girl has had Riviera barrettes. I bet your little girl has got Riviera barrettes made I'm by that company. Sure. I bet she <laughs> does. Sure she I bet she does. And um, I, the guy that was ran the company, Jeff Katz, uh, they, I still remember they were at 90 Park Avenue, and I went up one of the last times I was in New York to see him, and he didn't look right. You know, mm -hmm. he looked bad, and he was a handsome, great guy, like 38, 39 years old. And he pulled me aside. He told me that's what he had. And within a year, he was gone. And this was like in the 90s, so there was probably even less treatment than there is now. But he had a full and wonderful life. You know, he had family and friends, and his only regret was he hadn't gotten married yet. He was one of those guys that, you know, I mean, he's a nice, good-looking guy in New York in the 90s. He was doing a lot of dating, let me tell you. But, <laughs> um, but you know, he, he was a great guy, and I remember him often. And when I heard about Knox, it made me think about Jeff, which I was thankful for, because sometimes you forget these things as your life gets busy and people go on, and you need to think about the people that you lost in your life. That's right, and, and who have touched you. And to your point, Martha, the median survival rate for GBM diagnosis is only eight months. 
Um, so it's, you know, it's, it, it's really catastrophic. When Knox was first diagnosed, he actually had a grade three brain tumor. So brain tumors are a little bit different. They're not staged like other cancers. They're graded one through four, obviously four being um, the highest level and the one that you want to avoid. His already came in, quote, at like a grade three. It's anaplastic astrocytoma. So what, one thing Words else that we you found wish out. you never knew. Right? Um, <laughs> you don't want any of this vocabulary. But what we learned and what was also devastating to Knox and all those who loved him is that the longer you fight with brain cancer, the more likely if it recurs, and they don't always recur. I have met anaplastic astrocytoma survivors 13, 15 years. I've met GBM survivors. I've met two at Duke, 20-year GBM survivors. It was like meeting a unicorn. It was amazing. But going back to the point, if it comes back, the likelihood of it staying the same grade is very minimal. It's more than likely going to progress. And as we've already touched on, the farther it progresses, the fewer treatments are available. It's an inverse relationship. And the very one that you would think would be the opposite. Well, how can people help? Thank you so much for asking. Um, get involved. We have um, a refreshed website. It's knoxmartinfoundation.org. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and now LinkedIn. Check out our Ways to Get Involved page. It's everything from, yes, of course, we need gifts for research. That's our primary function, absolutely, unabashedly. But we have lots of other ways. We've just launched an advisory board, and we have 11 KMF ambassadors that are all over the nation who are creating little micro KMF communities wherever they're planted. These are mostly friends of Knox's, but some aren't. They didn't know Knox, but they know and love someone who did know Knox. And they are um, getting together. They're having socials. They're having donor dinners. They're they are creating a, a, a microcosm of what the foundation represents. Um, that That's a way to get involved. Um, what about fundraisers? Yeah, I've got a really good friend who runs every year, I think it's called um, Hell on the Hill, or yes, and it's Sarah Blakely and her husband's foundation, and she runs up and down this incredible gradient hill a hundred times. Well, she did that. Her name's Annie Cecil. Shout out to you, Annie. And she gave the funds, which were $1,000, to the Knox Martin Foundation. So you can kind of have your own fundraiser. So there's lots of ways to help and to get involved, um, to have conversations, to be aware. Brain Cancer Awareness Month will be um, in the May, in May, in the spring, and we wear gray that month. And so there's lots of ways to get involved on a national level. But locally, that's what we're doing, and we would love to partner with anybody. If I could say something before uh, we end, thank you to you and your husband and your family for sharing the story, for sharing Knox. Because of what you're doing, he will live on through the story. And I think it's so powerful that in such an early, because um, only a couple years ago, this is still very early, yes. but you guys are strong enough to say, you know what, we need you to know Knox's story. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate that. Becky Martin, thank you. And again, give the website one more time. Yes, it's knoxmartinfoundation.org, Instagram, Facebook, also LinkedIn.